Welcome to Meaningful Minutes, a podcast provided by Beautiful Outcome, where we are passionate about the adventure of creating lives of meaning. I'm your host, Julia Woods, and today we're going to go deeper into abundance. In my last podcast, I shared about how abundance is waiting for you. Today, I want to take a deep dive into the specifics of how my husband and I are embracing abundance in our finances. My journey to noticing how finances was waiting for me began about 10 years ago, and it wasn't until about a year ago that I started to notice the growth opportunities for abundance in the specific area of my financial mindset. Up until that point, I'd seen abundance in many areas of my life, but hadn't yet been willing to bring it into the sensitive area of money. The connection to finances was buried under a few layers of self-protection. Through some work I was doing in choosing a responsibility mindset over a victim mindset, I started noticing the stress I had in the area of finances. I began paying attention to the anxiety and stress I felt during conversations and interactions around paying bills and financial disagreements with my husband. The more curious I got, the more I noticed how much I was tolerating. I looked at the arguments my husband and I had, and I could see that 90% of them were around money. I wondered, wow, if we weren't arguing about money, what more powerful conversations could we be having instead? I also noticed that 90% of my week was carefree, and then Friday afternoons when I got close to my weekly administration time for the business and our personal finances, I started getting irritable and cranky. I would start procrastinating and complaining about needing to do the bills. Many times, what would have been accomplished in two hours would take me all afternoon and into the evening as I kept putting it off or getting uh, started and then finding a distraction. I would make the afternoons and evening miserable for myself and those around me. I thought about what I was giving up. I wondered why I was continuing to give my joy and valuable time away every week. I decided I was done playing this game. I started paying closer attention to the thoughts that ran through my head around finances. I noticed that a lot of them were victim statements like, I have to pay the bills. We have to stick to our budget. We have to stop overspending. We have to save money to get the house we want. On and on, the victim statements went, I have to, we can't, we won't. I looked into what I was getting out of having a victim mindset with money, and I could see I was getting a lot of momentary comforts. The victim mindset gave me permission to have self-pity. I got sympathy from others when I complained how tight our finances were and how challenging it was that my husband was struggling to get work and figure out what he wanted to do. I gave myself an excuse to splurge because life seemed despairing, and after all, I was the one taking care of everything. I got to blame my husband and California for a high living cost. I got to shame myself for not being able to make more money. The list went on and on of the momentary benefits I was settling for. Now, if you aren't familiar with a racket, that is what I just expressed. It is how we self-protect and settle for the crumbs because we have convinced ourselves that what we really want isn't possible. 
unbeknownst to both Jeff and I, we were living out of beliefs we have we had picked up in our childhood about finances and what was and wasn't possible for us. We had never questioned these beliefs because we assumed they were 100% accurate. We believed them as long as we could remember, so they seemed true. These beliefs were driving and bringing about the anxiety and stress I felt every time money came up. I didn't know it though. I thought Jeff, money, and bills were causing the anxiety. I had no idea it was something deeper inside of me, and I was the one getting in my own way of what I longed for. But as I dug into my victim stories and started unpacking the rackets I had around money, these hidden beliefs began to come to the surface. The biggest one for me was a vow I had made as a child. I hadn't thought or remembered this vow since the moment the trauma had happened when I was 12 years old. After having watched my father father violently assault my mother, in tears I begged her to leave him. She told me she could not because she didn't have or know how to make money to take care of me and my five siblings at that time. She would need to stay with my father so he could take care of her and us kids. At 12 years old, I was devastated, and I vowed I would never let myself be in that position. I would never let a man control my life through money. Now here I was, 30 years later, frustrated and angry because I felt like I had to control the money because my husband didn't. I had recreated the cycle of control through money that I despised in my parents. Yet, it's hard to admit, my doubts and fears about my own value and worth brought me to enable my husband and be 100% okay up until that point a year ago when this all came into the light with enabling him so that he had to rely on me for money. My self-protection had brought me to swing the pendulum the other way and inflict the very pain I said I never wanted to let myself experience on the man I love the most. That is what makes this work of transformation so powerful. Richard Rohr says that if we don't transform our pain, we will most assuredly transmit it. That is exactly what I was doing. I hadn't been consciously aware of it, but I was subconsciously self-protecting. And I had manifested in my reality without being consciously aware of what I was doing. I was constantly complaining that my husband was out of work or struggling to figure out what he wanted to do. My complaint and momentary comforts of self-pity, sympathy, victim story, self-righteousness, control, and all those other nasty evil things in me that I was feeding in myself moment by moment was all what I was willing to settle for since internally I couldn't let myself believe that a healthy, trust-filled, interdependent relationship with a man was possible 
up until then. To do that would have required I go back and transform this pain that up until that point, I had wanted to keep covered up. The trauma of my childhood and resentment towards men made me not be willing to trust my husband with money, the best choice I saw available to me. And while I had been working through levels of that for years, it wasn't until I started getting really honest with myself about the way I reacted to money situations and unpacking unpacking my victim stories that the garbage came to the surface. I was now ready to go back to that pain and let it transform me. As I started counting the cost I was paying in my marriage, the example I was setting for my kids, the hopes and desires I was letting pass me by, I decided no more. I was done settling for the crumbs. If an abundant mindset in finances was possible, I was going to find a way to get it. I decided it was time to release the Kraken. (laughs) This tool is the thing I use when I'm really ready for change. In my life, the Kraken is feedback. If I am desperate to stop something I can see is transmitting pain, I will start to ask the people around me to share their experiences of how this choice I've been making is impacting them. It humbles me and gives me the power pack to stay committed to transformation no matter how hard or uncomfortable it gets. It shines the light on my bullshit in the most powerful of ways. So I started with my two daughters living at home. I asked them to share with me how they experienced me with money and the thing and things around money. Our youngest child got right to the heart of me when she shared that she didn't like how I was with money. She said, I don't like how stressed out you get about it. As we talked, I said, so what you're saying is you aren't bothered if we don't have the money for something you want. You are just bothered that I get stressed out about it? She said, yes, I just wished you could tell me we don't have the money. I'd be okay with that. I just wish you wouldn't get so stressed about it all the time. She was 14 when I asked her that, and still 18 months later, it hits me like a ton of bricks. Her sharing her truth took the scales off my eyes in three huge ways. First, I had been living in a fantasy that my kids saw me as a carefree and happy person all the time. Well, she burst that bubble. Second, I thought I was covering up my stress about money with my kids. I didn't think they knew I was stressed. Well, (laughs) bubble buster number two. And three, I definitely wasn't aware that my choice to stress about money was hurting and bothering her. When I asked our 18-year-old at the time how she experienced it, she shared that it seemed like I carried the weight of the world on my shoulders when it came to money, like it was all up to me to make things work. 
ba-bam, she pegged me. That is exactly what it felt like to me, which makes so much sense since every time money came up, I was still carrying the pain of my mother and trying to protect myself and my siblings. My fears were driving me to create this reality. Every moment money came up. My daughter was experiencing my internal vow that I didn't even remember was there. The world sees what we think is hidden. Then I asked my husband. He lovingly shared that up until that point, money brought out his least favorite version of me. Ouch. And lastly, I asked my sister and best friend. Her words stung me just as deeply as my youngest daughter's. When she shared, you are always stressed about money. She said, each Thanksgiving when we get together, I let her know that I will need to take time away to take care of a few work things because money is really tight and I need to find a way to fix it. Up until now, that's what I told her. She told me that she would love to be with me some, sometimes when I wasn't worried or stressed about money. What? <laughs> Seriously? I had no idea I had been making that impact on her or my family. For me, feedback is like being held underwater until I think I'm going to die <laughs> and then coming up and grasp, gasping for air. It wakes me up to a reality in the most powerful way. At first, I want to reject the feedback and convince myself that it is not true. But the cat is out of the bag. I have too much evidence from those I love to help me see what is more true than the deception I want to let myself buy back into. As I sat in the uncomfortable of the gifts my family offered me in honesty, I was moved to a level of commitment that I knew there was no turning back from. I was no longer willing to settle for the crumbs and tolerate this level of despair that I had been trying to convince myself was happiness. I could see that up until that point, I saw finances through a scarcity mindset and I was committed to choose an abundant one. I got honest with myself about what was getting in the way and then got clear with the commitments I needed to make with myself and the request I needed to make for my husband. The commitments I made to myself were first, I committed to a short-term vision that was I am abundant in my finances. Then I got clear about what that specifically looked like, which included things like, I take financial responsibility and pay bills at designated administration times. I am peaceful and honest with myself and others in conversations about money. I honor the budget we create and get agreement from my husband if we need to go over. The other things I wanted and needed involved my husband. So I wanted him, I wanted to talk, get clear with him about my specific requests. Would he agree 
So these were the requests I made to him. Would he agree to set up six coaching calls with me and our coach to focus on choosing an abundant mindset in our finances? Would he agree to put a stake in the ground with me to reduce our housing expense by 8% of our overall budget within three months? Would he agree to interview three financial advisors with me and pick one within three months? Would he agree to take over managing our personal finances? Would he agree to bring our bank locally, our banking locally, as we had left our banking in Illinois when we had moved here five years prior and were doing it from afar? Would he agree for us to change our accountant as we had not felt like our current accountant was a good fit for a while? And lastly, was he in agreement with me hiring a bookkeeper to take care of our business bookkeeping? Now, up until this point, I had would tell you I didn't know how to move to an abundant mindset. I would tell you I didn't know what action steps to take. But once I got committed, all these action steps became so clear to me that I knew this is where we needed to begin. And in my amazement, My husband agreed to each one of these commitments, these requests, and we began moving forward immediately. The clear deadline to reduce our monthly housing expense really put a fire under both of us as we'd committed to do it within three months. The weekly coaching calls directly shine the light on the distrust and judgments we had had towards each other probably our whole married life, and we'd never seen them before or been willing to talk about them, let's say. Our coach said, your struggle isn't with finances. Your struggle is with deeper trust issues, and it just happens to be exposing themselves in your finances. We knew that was true, and we both showed up and got really honest with ourselves and each other. As we began exposing the judgments we had about each other in regards to control, responsibility, laziness, and trust, we began experiencing very deep internal shifts. We talked about things we had no idea we needed or wanted to. Almost immediately, we started noticing a difference in how we handled things. Like within three coaching calls, I noticed a subtle, but huge shift one morning when I went to pull out my credit card to pay for something and found it wasn't in my wallet. Now that had been a huge pet peeve and a hot button as Jeff would take my credit card and not put it back in my wallet. On this morning, as I needed to pay for parking and couldn't, I found myself curious rather than mad. What was I contributing to this common occurrence of Jeff taking my credit card. It brought me back to a huge argument we had had about 10 years prior over a high credit card bill. Both Jeff and I had decided that we couldn't trust him with a credit card. He decided he no longer wanted one because he believed he couldn't control his spending if he had one in his wallet. So for the last 10 years, we had been settling for a restraint to fix a problem rather than having the deeper conversations. 
Now that we were having the deeper conversations, the restraints no longer seemed necessary. That morning, my curiosity opened new possibilities for both of us, and we ordered him his own credit card. Now we are having conversations along the way as he learns to trust and discipline himself. And I am learning to trust and be honest when the opportunities arrive without the anger and all the frustration and resistance that used to be there. Interviewing three financial advisors brought huge light and new possibilities to aid us in letting go of our judgments towards each other. The advisors helped us see what we didn't know we didn't know about how each of us had been offering ourselves to grow our financial portfolio. I had been working really hard over the last 15 years to manage a property we owned that neither Jeff and I had understood how important it was or is to the health of our financial portfolio. And over the last 10 years, Jeff has been managing our stocks and I had not understood the value of what he was creating for us there. Much to both of our surprise, we were in a much better place financially than we had realized. Jeff also shared that what the advisors had spoken to him brought new hope and vision for him in his business as he saw new possibilities and clarity around what he wanted to do. Jeff taking over our personal finances has been extremely powerful. While we have attempted this many times in the past, we can both see that each time we tried, it never lasted longer than three months. We would both use the attempts to gain more evidence to make our judgments about ourselves and each other right. But this time, he's been managing our personal finances for over six months, and we are both committed to the process. We see that it will take time, And small mistakes don't create knee-jerk reactions anymore. We are in it and learning and growing each month. All the changes we made in moving our banking local, getting a new accountant, and hiring a bookkeeper have been hugely resourceful. For me, it exposed a lot of areas where I had not been being financially responsible. It was powerful for me to see because up until that point, I had only wanted to see where Jeff wasn't being responsible. I arrogantly thought I was extremely responsible. But now that I was off my judgments about him and building authentic trust with him, I no longer needed to find evidence to build my case of why he wasn't trustworthy. Now I could look at myself and take responsibility for me and let him do that for himself. For the first time in over 27 years of marriage, I was taking responsibility for myself and my desires of what I wanted and needed to choose abundance in our finances. I can see how all the complaining, blaming, and shaming was the best choice I had seen available to me. It was now obvious how it kept me in the city of scare or the scarcity mindset. I was letting my fears create my reality up until about a year ago in the area of finances. I am beyond grateful that
that I got so sick and tired of my own bullshit, and there's no other way to describe it. That word is really the only thing I can say is what it is, and that I decided to do the hard work of looking, noticing, getting honest, and getting really specific about what I wanted and needed, and then finding the resources around us to make the shifts necessary to experience this transformation. I'm so grateful my husband was willing to come on the journey with me and also own his part in moving from scarcity to abundance. Jeff and I did reduce our housing expense by 8% within three months. We are both expanding our businesses and most importantly, We see that abundance is waiting for us in our finances, in trust with each other, in grace and in love. Abundance has been waiting for us all along, and transforming our pain is the gift along the way to finding it. As you listen today to our journey, what comes up for you when you think about abundance in your finances? Is there pain in you that is waiting to be transformed through the daily necessities of money? Would you take the first step and start noticing your experiences? Do you long for more peace, hope, and abundance? Please know those things are possible and they are waiting for you if you will do the inner work and get out of your own way. If I can be a resource to you along the way, I would love to. If you liked what you've heard today, please subscribe to this podcast and rate it below. Then share it with a friend. For more resources or to contact me, please go to my website, beautifuloutcome.com. I look forward to connecting with you again soon.